The 2020 Suncorp Super Netball Grand Final is here and it's the Melbourne Vixens and West Coast Fever doing battle. We're back to chat about the Grand Final in depth and we also chat to Kate Maloney and Courtney Bruce. Welcome to the Centre Pass Podcast, brought to you by Netball Draft Central. My name is Jared Gardner, and as always, I'm joined by Taylor Malky and Sophie Taylor. And it is grand final time. We've finally made it uh, in Suncorp Super Netball. Taylor, I might start with you. It's obviously been a strange year and a condensed season, but uh, happy we finally made it to this point in the, in the year. Yeah, it's actually gone extremely quickly, and I suppose that helps when you've had a condensed season. But considering how long we had to wait for the season to actually begin, and now to think within a blink of an eye that the grand final is here. But yeah, it's a really exciting prospect to see the two best teams of the competition go head-to-head on Sunday. Yeah, exactly. And Sophie, um, as Taylor said, it's probably the two best teams. The Vixens have probably been the most consistent throughout the year in the favour of being probably the form team for the second half of the season. Um, it's probably the dream matchup that, that we've all wanted. I mean, I, I definitely see dream matchup as in it's the best two teams, but this is not the dream matchup that I was hoping for in the grand final. I think FIBA, their second half of the season, has been so consistent and really competitive and it, it will be a real test ultimately for both teams here because FIBA didn't beat Vixens during the year. Vixens defeated Fever the first time around, then obviously had a draw in the second time. So I think this is this is the one grand final that I was not hoping for, purely based on the fact that we just don't know what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. And we will get into it now. And um, Sophie, as you said, the two results between these two teams throughout the 2020 season, in round five, it was the Vixens who got the job done by nine points. And in round 10, uh, these two sides did fight out a draw. Uh, that draw, interesting, interestingly, um, was without Emily Mannix for the Vixens, so uh, they can take a bit of confidence in that, that they were able to, to still hold the hold the fever to a draw without um, one of their premier defenders. Um, I guess, what it, I'll, I might go to you, Taylor, first up. What are your first thoughts going into this matchup? Well, just that, Joe, the fact that they were able to rein back that margin so much and then force a draw in that game is a testament to the Vixens, not only their gameplay, but the ability for each player to come on and do a role and do it effectively. So I think that's a really big positive for them. And in the past, I know we've been, or I personally have been critical for saying Simone McInnes hasn't, you know, rotated her players enough, but this year it's been a completely different tale. And I think that's actually worked wonders for them because not only has it shaken up their own style, but it's forcing other teams to be wary of what the Vixens could present. And you don't know, maybe Simone McInnes could throw a curveball and potentially start with that dynamic duo of Joe Weston and Kate Eddy in the goal circle, which effectively rendered um, Janelle Fowler, you know, quieter than her usual presence. So that's a really big card up their sleeve for them to have. And then the likes of Katie Ann Dehaney and Emily Mannix, who are so, so important, especially Emily Mannix, you know, the role she consistently plays for the Vixens is huge. So I think versatility is going to be key for both sides in this, in this game. 
Yeah, I 100% agree with that about the versatility. I think one of the things that we brought up a lot last season with the Swifts in particular was their versatility and the fact that they had injuries and they were still able to push through and any of their players could take the court and they knew that they were going to get the job done. And I think that's something that the Vixens, I don't know whether they deliberately kind of built off that after last year's grand final, but it's something that's been been really really evident this year for the Vixens with that versatility and I think that's just huge and I mean you look at the Lightning last week they don't have a heap of versatility on their bench they're not as willing to kind of swap and change and it to an extent it's kind of similar with the Fever they have a few great defensive options they can rotate through but we don't typically see Kalia Stanton on unless it's a last resort and you don't typically see a heap of rotation through that midcourt since Ingrid Collier went down. So I think that's probably something that the Vixens can probably work in their favor. Like, as you said, last time they played in that draw, it was the versatility, the ability to bring on Ali Smith in wing defense in her debut. I think that's something that the Vixens really do have um, as a as a really phenomenal option. Um, it's, it's just about kind of not allowing the fever to get too ahead early on in the game because that's kind of what happened with the with the lightning on the weekend. Yeah, definitely. And you speak about versatility with the Vixens, and um, I don't think there's any more versatile um, front end than the Vixens with Katie Thwaites, Tegan, Tegan Phillip, and uh, Maui Conwenda. Um, it'll be interesting to see how they do line up on Sunday. In the round five game between the two sides, it was Thwaites and Phillip who got the nod, and uh, Conwenda didn't, I don't think, saw any court time in that one. But in the draw in round 10, it was really uh, Thwaites and Conwenda who... Um, dominated in the goal circle, and Philip was the one that was kind of uh, sitting on the bench for, for most of the game. Uh, what do you guys think the starting combination will be for the Vixens, and how do you think that will influence the match? Yeah, see, I'm really intrigued by this because from what I remember seeing on social media, I think the stats actually say that the Vixens are, have have been stronger when it's Tegan Phillip and Caitlin Thwaites on the court. And, I mean, audience, correct me if I'm wrong. Listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, yada, yada. Um, but I I think they can't afford to go past MJ Kumwenda and Katie Thwaites out the front. I think that's probably the best course of action. Um, I I am kind of sad because it almost seemed that in that uh, semi-final the other week, Tegan took herself off um, and gave MJ a running goal attack. And it kind of looked like to me like maybe that was – her kind of being like, you know what, let let her take the court there. And I'm kind of hoping we'll see her in the grand final here. But also you you still want to get that win. You've got to be really competitive and you can't afford to be um, kind of giving giving players that run just because it's a certain milestone or a certain game. So I, I really don't know. I'd love to see Tegan on court, but I do think they'll start with um, Kumwenda and Thwaites. I, I don't think they can afford to not play that duo. Yeah, I'm going to second that because I think that Kamwenda is just a staple under the post and you know that you, you can deliver the ball into her, whether it be an aerial ball or just a hard direct pass. She has such versatility, which is really key. And not only that, but physically she can match up really well against someone like Courtney Bruce and continuously rotates and moves around the circle, which therefore means Bruce can't set up on her properly. And if you want to get inside and in front of the fever, you need to ensure that their defensive line can't set up properly. 
And Courtney Bruce is that key factor. Once she gets a hold on her player, then everyone else around her picks up from that energy. So for me, I think it's a no-brainer starting Kamwenda. She's been in exceptional form. And then out the front, Katie Thwaites is just, she gets better with age. And as saddened as we all are to think that she won't be going around next year, I think that this game, she'll leave nothing out on the court, which is a really exciting prospect because when you think about it, she's already been delivering huge numbers and just playing with so much freedom. So I do think that that will be the option. But we've said time and time again, Tegan Phillip just injects that life and that speed. And sometimes that can be needed if they bring on someone for the fever, if they bring on someone like Sunday Ariang, it might be a really good option to get Phillip on and use her foot speed rather than Rather than Swaites relying on her strength and those holds and those that typical type of play, I think both coaches are exceptionally smart, so they know when to pull the changes if need be. But I definitely think that it'll be Kamwenda and Katie Swaites that get the nod. Yeah, I think it, I think you're probably right there. It's obviously a massive match for the Vixens, and we were lucky enough to be joined by Kate Maloney ahead of Sunday's matchup. And now we are very excited here on the Centre Pass podcast to be joined by co-captain of the Melbourne Vixens, Kate Maloney. Kate, thank you very much for joining us. No worries. Thanks for having me on. Well, first of all, obviously a massive week uh, coming up, massive weekend coming up for you. Um, How are the nerves going into uh, Sunday's match? Yeah, it is a massive weekend. We're super excited to be playing in the grand final on Sunday. And I think... At the moment, it really is just that excitement. Um, I'm sure the nerves will come when it gets closer to the game, but it's just been business as usual for us this week. And, um, yeah, we just can't wait to get out on court. Yeah, and obviously having a week off between finals is something a little bit new uh, for the Vixens this year. Uh, Do you think that will help or hinder? And how do you kind of prepare differently for a grand final? Yeah, who knows? We might have to wait and see. But last time I played in a grand final, we went straight through uh, in 2014 as well. And it's a little bit different because we're in this hub situation and we are all together um, for that, I suppose, two weeks that we sort of, one weekend that we had off. But um, we tried to keep it as normal as we possibly could. We had a bit of match simulation uh, later in the week um, and then had all of our normal training sessions as well. So it has been pretty normal and um, we had the weekend off to freshen up a little bit. So hopefully it works in our favour. And speaking of having the weekend off to freshen up a little bit, is there any update on Kate, Eddie and yourself? You went down with that little bit of an ankle injury and I'm pretty sure a pretty safe to say that everyone got a bit frightened when that happened. But any update that you can share on yourself or Kate, Eddie? Yeah, I'm absolutely fine. I was a little bit soft, I think, um, but it hurt at the time. But no, I'll be absolutely fine. And I'm super positive that Kate Eddie will play, fingers crossed. Um, I don't have any inside word, but um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty confident. She's confident. So we'll just have to wait and see now. She'll train with us um, for our main session on Thursday and then we'll go from there. Well, we definitely all hope that she'll be right, and we're glad to we're glad to hear that you'll be one hundred percent ready to go. But uh, I think I guess the positive of this season is for the Vixens has been um, some of the young guys being able to step up when some of your first team players have gone down. Speaking about the likes of Ali Smith, Al McDonald, and even Taylor Honey's finally getting her go at Suncorp Super Netball level. How have you seen the seasons from some of those young players? Yeah, it's been awesome to see those girls get an opportunity, and then not only for them to get the opportunity to be able to grab it with both hands and really show what they can do. And I think 
we've seen that across this whole season in all teams, just young girls getting an opportunity to go out there and showcase what they can do. And for us, it was Ellie Smith last week when Kate Eddy didn't play. And I thought she had an outstanding game against um, one of the um, best wing attacks in our competition in Laura Sherry. And so I thought she did a really good job. And um, we've seen Elle McDonald and Taylor Honey come on at different times. You know, Lizzie um, was out for a couple of weeks there. And so they got their opportunities. And I think every time one of them has stepped on, they've just gone out and played their role and it's been pretty seamless. So really great to see those girls. But I think one of the great things for us this year with the Vixens has been the rolling subs, players being able to come on at any stage and really impact the game. And I think um, it's really been the nature of this condensed season. And I'm sure we'll see a lot of those girls out on court on Sunday as well. Yeah. And apart from the obvious there, I mean, the condensed season because of the pandemic, what makes this year different for the Vixens and success this year? Oh, wow. This season is just so different in so many ways. And it's been one of the toughest years, but it's been um, it's been amazing to be a part of as well. And, you know, I think whoever holds up that trophy at the end on Sunday, it's going to be a pretty special one to have. But for us, I think it really has been that consistency across the season, but also within games, um, being able to play four consistent quarters, but then being able to back it up and go again. And I think the second thing that I've seen that's been really different probably, and we just mentioned it, has been just the depth that we have within our squad of 14 players that we we're able to bring and players being able to step on and impact and, um, you know, um, yeah, if someone's a little bit off, someone else is able to step on and really take it with both hands. And I think that's been great. But And the other thing probably, and I, I said two, but we'll go with three, I think there's just a belief within this group this year um, that we can do it. So... Fingers crossed that it all works out for us on Sunday and we can go out and perform really well. And you made mention of the fact that you you do have that versatility and players can come on and off. Two people that are going to be sorely missed, uh, Katie Swaites and Tegan Phillips. What does it mean for them this year and this grand final? Yeah, look, you know, they've been um, two amazing players um, for Victoria for so long, all throughout the Victorian pathway and, um, yeah, look, this year means so much and it would be so special to be able to send them off um, with a win on Sunday. And, um, yeah, I think the role that the three goalers this year have been able to play with MJ, Caitlin and Tegan really sharing that circle. And um, every week it's like one of them steps up and really takes takes it on. And if someone's not, someone else is able to come on and change it up. And I think the role that those three have played in sharing that circle has been a real um, positive for us this year. And we'll get into the game a bit more now. And uh, there's some great matchups all over the court on Sunday, but talk about your matchup specifically with Verity Charles. Um, In my opinion, I think all of our opinions, the two best setters in the competition this year, both been named in the diamond squad. Um, What are you looking forward to with that, with that matchup? Yeah. Verity's had a great season this year and, um, she's a player that uh, can run all day and sort of just trying to uh, really impact the influence that she can have on the game because we know that her connection with Janelle Fowler is really, really strong and um, it can be really hard to get ball if we leave it all the way to that goalkeeper opportunity. So we know we've got to shut their mid-quarters down out the front. That's going to be the keys, that defensive pressure from goal shooter all the way down and um, yeah, hopefully we can get some ball off their middies out the front and um, not leave it up to our defenders in the circle. 
Yeah, and obviously you've kind of just touched on that. But I think from memory that Ma- uh, Emily Mannix didn't play the last time you guys played Fever. Is that something you can kind of work on to help kind of stop Janelle Fowler at the post? Yeah, I think Emily was injured in the draw that we played them. She would have played the first game against yeah. Fever. Um, yeah, I think the key when you play against a team with such a dominant shooter like uh, Fever have is just really creating a shield for your goalkeeper and enabling them to be able to come out and get ball. If the middies are hitting the circle edge, it's so easy for them to feed um, into their goalers. So uh, it's going to be a huge key for us. But, um, yeah, I have so much confidence in uh, Emily and KD back there that they'll hopefully be able to get the job done. But they've had amazing seasons, both of them. And, um, yeah, we've got to really protect them and put the defensive pressure out, out in front of them. And you touched on earlier the 2014 Premiership. Do you draw on that experience heading into the clash on Sunday? It was um, six years ago and I don't remember much of it, to be (laughs) completely honest. I was thinking the other day, though, in that grand final, I actually matched up against Verity as well. So she was the wing attack for Queensland Firebirds and I played wing defence in that grand final. So a little bit strange that the two grand finals (laughs) I'll play in will potentially both be against Verity, we would think. Um, So uh, to be honest, it's hard to remember all the way back then. But, you know, I've I've been lucky enough to play in lots of big games since. And there's just an excitement. You know, this is where we wanted to be at the start of the year. Our goal was to be playing in that grand final match. And we've given ourselves opportunity now. And now it's just um, about going out there and performing. Yeah, definitely. And, and maybe just one final one. Um, obviously, it's been a, a tough year here in Victoria. What would it mean for you to win a premiership for um, all the fans here in Victoria who haven't been able to see you guys live this year? Yeah, it would be absolutely amazing. You know, um, we'd love to be playing in Melbourne at Melbourne Arena, but we know that that's not possible. And we're just so grateful to be here and to be able to play netball in Queensland. But for us, uh, every time we've hit that court, Victoria has been top of mind and um, we know how tough it has been back in Victoria, chatting to family and friends uh, all the time. But our goal is to take that trophy back home to Victoria and hopefully we can make everyone proud. You know, we've been so lucky to have so much support here in Queensland with messages, videos from everyone back home. And um, we know how lucky we are to have such amazing fans at the Melbourne Vixens, but to have the support of all of Victoria and um, hopefully we can put a smile on everyone's face back home on Sunday afternoon. Well, we thank you, Kate Maloney, for joining us here on the Santa Paz podcast. We wish you and the Melbourne Vixens all the best of luck on Sunday. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Once again, a massive thank you to Melbourne Vixens co-captain Kate Maloney for joining us ahead of what is a massive game on Sunday. I think it was great to hear from her. I think she speaks very candidly about um, how the season's gone for the Vixens. And I I think what I really liked to hear from her was the fact that in 2014, in that grand final, her matching up on Verity Charles and looks like it's going to be that same matchup again this weekend. Um, That's one I can't wait for. Yeah, history repeating itself, isn't it? Which is a bit odd, but it's also a really exciting prospect. And for Kate Maloney, she's with a different, well, she's with the same team, but Verity Charles, new team, new environment. And the fever have been really exciting this year. I think it's really funny that Kate was saying that they played wing attack and wing defense against each other because this week we can, it's safe to say they're going to play center against each other. And it's just really funny how. Like you said, history kind of repeats itself, both in significantly different roles too. Um, 
uh, kind of like experience wise compared to 2014. It's been what, six years. So I'm really, really intrigued by that matchup because like we said during that interview there, there's so much um, excitement based around the fact that both of them are uh, in the Diamond squad this season. Both of them have had really quality years and ultimately the last few years have been really, really consistent. So yeah, I'm really, really excited for that matchup. Yeah, and now we will move on and we will talk about the West Coast Fever. They've been um, arguably the informed side of the competition in the second half of the season. Uh, had a little bit of a hiccup in round 14 with that one-point loss to the Thunderbirds, but then have backed up in their two finals, defeating the Swifts and the Lightning um, in pretty convincing fashion. I know it was only five points against the Swifts, but they were really impressive. And then uh, 14 points against the Lightning. Um, this this is a really scary proposition if you're the Vixens because this is a team that uh, we know can put scores on the board in no time. Um, what do you guys think the key is for the Fever going into Sunday's match? The key for me would have to be uh, Emma Kosh and Alice Teague-Neild. I think that those two are real barometers for the Fever. Emma Kosh in particular, I think at the start people kind of underestimated her, especially considering that wing attack is not her preferred position. She is normally a goaler. So to think that she's come out and had such a huge influence, she won player of the match last week. It's just amazing to see the evolution of her game since she stepped onto court. And now she kind of commands the ball and isn't afraid to just release that ball into Janiel Fowler. So the work she's doing is just really impressive. And her connection is increasingly building with Alice Teague-Neild. And I think that Teague-Neild, while she doesn't really put up many shots, I think credit where credit's due, she is at least working more effectively off the ball and really providing that option to drive into the circle or set up plays for Fowler. So if the Vixens can shut those two down, it'll go a long way in their dominance. But if they are able to run freely, then the Fever should have it in the bag. Yeah, and just touching on Kosh again, um, her first game was that Vixen's draw. So thinking of how far she's come since then, she exploded out of the blocks in that game and she has not stopped since. So that's something that will be really, really formidable. But also looking through that midcourt, um, the the real test for the fever as well will be stopping Lizzie Watson. And I think Jess Anstis, uh, if there's if there's anyone in this fever unit that can do it, it will be Jess Anstis and obviously Stacey Francis if she can come on. Um, if Sunday Ariane comes into defence. So it's that kind of thing where if if they keep the Vixens guessing with who's going to be in wing defence, I think they have a really good chance because you, you've got two very strong defenders in Anstis and Francis. Both play very differently though, and that's what makes it so intriguing to me. Obviously, Anstis is quite um, strong on the body, but she can also really come off the body and be that really exciting uh, like excitement machine creating those intercepts and deflections, whereas Francis is more physical. Um, I think that'll be the real question here. And Anstis, like I said, has had a few really, really good weeks. She's really stepped it up since being in finals. And I think um, it, it's a real it's a real worry for me as a Vixens fan. Yeah, I think you make a great point about Stacey Francis. And I think we spoke about um, just before with Emily Mannix not – uh, playing in that round 10 match uh, between these two sides. Stacey Francis only played uh, nine minutes in that game. She played the first five. I can't remember if that was an injury or um, what that was, but uh, 
if they can get her on the court for a full 60 minutes going up against Thwaites or Phillip, whoever it is, uh, I think that goes a long way for the Fever going to win this game. Taylor, you made a good point earlier about that combination between uh, Emma Kosh and Alice Teague Neald. Um, Kosh, obviously, as we said, that round 10 matchup was her first real game. She did get a run um, earlier on in the season in goal attack, but um, she's been playing wing attack throughout the second half of the season, has really stepped up her game. Uh, that connection into Janiel Fowler is the really important one for the Fever, and we know um, how important it's been over the last two or three years since Janiel Fowler's been in the competition. But um, they just they just need to get in, get that ball into her really quickly and um, not get overawed by the force of the the Melbourne Vixens defenders. Um, how do you think they kind of get around the the Vixens defense and really feed that ball into Fowler? Well, for me, I think it's the quick movement and the ball speed of things like that. If they can get away from the hands over pressure, which we know the Vixens love to inflict, you've got the likes of Joe Weston and Kate Eddy. Their arms are just incredibly long and they block the vision quite easily. So if they can get on the move, then that is what allows the fever to go with real speed and energy. And the other thing is that Verity Charles has a real sense of confidence about her now and she is willing to release that ball from wherever. But we know that circle edge is that prime position. So if the Fever in particular, Emma Kosh, is able to just hit that uh, goal circle with great speed, pre- precision and hold her space, then that is what will allow the Fever to really dominate. And clearly, like we've said, you just have to throw the ball up to Janelle Fowler and you know nine times out of ten she is going to reel it in. I think if the Vixens are to stop them they have to like I said slow down the the ball speed and also push Janelle Fowler really high because yes she will take those super shots but that's not where she's comfortable from. She does her best work from directly under the post so if they can push her up high and force her out of the circle Bada bing, bada boom, they've got the win. You know what I mean? They just need to kind of be really smart and tactical about it. They need to keep the fever really clogged up in space and take the pace right off the game. So Jared just asked about how do we how do they how does the Vixens stop the fever? But my thing is defensively, who stands up for the fever? I think for me it's it, it really does lie in the arms of Courtney Bruce. And I think that is an, an, a cop-out answer and it's an easy one, but she really is that leader for the entire FIFA team. And um, if if anyone's really going to win it from defence for the FIFA, I think she can uh, really put a body on whoever her opponent is, but then also get away and take a couple of massive intercepts and um, really help out whoever her partner is in defence. So, yeah, I think... For me, it really does lie on Courtney Bruce, and she's the one that really needs to stand up. And I think if the Fever are going to win, she's going to be the one that really has a starring role. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, um, yeah, they'll they'll really rely on Bruce for one thing. But I think, yeah, you can't ever underestimate the rest of their defensive unit. Something that has kind of been eradicated this year, something that's really helped them make their way up the ladder is their defensive unit. And I think in the past, maybe Francis has been a little bit quieter and not quite as explosive or had really solid games here or there. But what's happened this year is that with the addition of Sunday Ariang, they actually have that extra option who can rotate in. And that's something that has been so powerful for the Fever, I think. Um, they don't have to worry. They they know that they can rotate someone on. And if it's not working, they can switch it out again. They will figure it out. And that's what makes them so dangerous. 
Yeah, I think it's going to be a massive game. And Taylor, uh, you were lucky enough to catch up with Courtney Bruce um, earlier on in the week. So let's have a listen to that now. All right, let's kick things off with it was an exciting win over the weekend. Talk us through that moment when you kind of realised, okay, we're making it to the grand final. Oh, I feel like you kind of never know if you're going to make it. I think I looked over at the bench at about six minutes and the girls were standing and I was like, oh, okay, look, feeling feeling pretty good at this point. Um, later to realise it was because Cordo Crudo was coming on the court. Um, but, yeah, I think probably with that five minutes to go and, um, yeah, seeing Court step on the court and get her debut, I think that was the moment I was like, oh, okay, like, yeah, look at the score, take it all in. We've, we've probably got this in the bag now. Yeah, well, speaking of um, Courtney Cruder coming on, you've had quite a number of young players step up to the plate this season. It's been really exciting to watch. And for you personally, what's that been like? Oh, it's just so exciting. I think you look at um, Court, Sunday and Koshi, they're all proud West Aussie players and they've come through the pathway, um, particularly for Koshi and I. We played all our underage netball together. So to see her out there finally and absolutely dominating and dominating a position that's not actually one that she normally gets to play um, is phenomenal. And then you've got someone like Sunday who just makes um, my role as a goalkeeper an absolute dream because she takes intercepts before it even gets to me. <laughs> and um, then in Courtney Caruda, I think it's just phenomenal. We, we um, come from the same region, so to see another Southern Districts girl uh, get her opportunity out there. I think it just shows, um, one, the faith that Stace um, and the coaches have in, in our young players and our training partners, um, but also the hard work that all three of those girls have put in over the last couple of seasons, um, that, yeah, they're good enough to step out there and really own their positions. Yeah, it's definitely been exciting to watch, and I've really seen the growth of your team this season what do you put that growth and evolution down to because clearly last year wasn't your strongest of seasons but this year you've really come out with a pep in your step I mean you you are into a grand final so that's evident but what do you put that down to I think last year was a tough one obviously I wouldn't say it was like one of our worst years but everything that could have gone wrong did go wrong for us and obviously there was a lot of draws and you don't get the, yeah. the extra points that you need there um so, you know, we were so close in so many circumstances last year um, and just wasn't able to get over the line. But um, this year, I think it's just been 12 players taking um, a real individual approach to how they want to play the game. So even in the change room, everyone's doing their own thing. Um, everyone's going like, this is what I need to perform. And um, being a little bit selfish to a degree um, of going like, this is what makes me feel feel really good and if I'm feeling really good then the team's going to perform um, and I think that's just the real maturity um, of the group to know what they need and I think this, the the real um, structure and brand that we want to play of netball out there is just um, a real focus on what we need to do and I think when you focus on yourself and and um, your units um, and not necessarily worry about the other teams what other teams are doing I think just the, everything just flows. And you made mention of the fact that there are actually 12 players on a roster this season. How have you found having those extra rotations in the Fever squad? Yeah, I think it's been great. I think that it's obviously helped a lot with our, our loading but um, and obviously it has helped a huge amount knowing that we had Ingrid go down. Um, we could have Kosh just slide in um, with no 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 issues at all. Yeah. I just think yeah, it's just been um it's just been great to be, one to have the depth but um 
just yeah just the availability to roll people and have so many different combinations um you know normally obviously stuck with the 10 and we don't get that many people out there but I think yeah having those extra extra girls just means that yeah there's there's a lot more combos um that we can put out there which just makes us a bigger threat and as a leader heading into the grand final this week, is there anything you kind of take on board or anything, words of wisdoms or, or encouragement that you're trying to get to those younger players that clearly this is their first final series? Yeah, I'm just going to take the time to sit down with them. Um, <laughs> they've all played finals in some capacity, but obviously this is this is a lot different. Um, but all three of those girls in particular um just enjoy the game and love the game and play it because um, they have so much fun out there. So I'll just be trying to, um, I guess, just reassure them that they just can go out there and enjoy it because, honestly, how many times do you get to play a grand final? Um, and not to put the pressure on themselves. So just, yeah, making sure that they're relaxed and calm. Um, obviously, the coaches will give them all the feedback that they need um, and direction. And I'm just going to be there to be that, that shoulder to lean on. If they're nervous, they can they can put it on me um, and tell me how they're feeling. But, yeah, just be there to support them more than anything. And on that, you said that the, the, not many people get to play a grand final. It is your second. Do you kind of come in with a different mindset to what that first grand final back in 2018 was? Or do you kind of leave that in the past and just solely focus on what needs to be done this week? Yeah, just I think a, a bit of both. Obviously, the two eighteen grand final, we went through in this, we went through in the first round in the finals. So you kind of had two weeks to sit in a bubble and just soak it all up. Um, and I think that was all encompassing, especially being a home grand final. The the city purse turned green for us. Yeah. Um, you couldn't go to the shop for that. Everyone knowing that we were FIBA players in a grand final, and I think. Um, the difference to this year is that, you know, we're day 76 or 77 or something ridiculous like that, away from home, um, but we've had to fight every single week to be here. Um, so it's been a do-or-die attitude. So um, I think we haven't had as much time to let it all sink in um, and take that, that moment in because we've had to move on and focus on the next thing. So I think we take a little bit from that, but um, it is a lot different this year. Um, we've only got the 12 plus the staff to to support us um, and, yeah, we just know that everyone's going to be at home watching us, cheering us on. Well, I didn't realise that it was that many days, but it makes sense now. It's been a couple of months. They're kind of just all blurred into one, really. really. I I only found out it was that many days. Um, I think it was yesterday when someone mentioned it. I was like, are you kidding me? It's actually been that long, but, yeah, we've been here a while now. How are you kind of coping with that hub life still? it's It must be very different, clearly, than being at home and, and co- constantly surrounded by the teammates in that netball environment. You can't really get your, your usual break, if that makes sense. Yeah, it's definitely been different. Um, I think we've been so lucky. Um, we end up with our own rooms, um, which is quite nice. So um, it's pretty much like being at home. We've got our own kitchen and desk to study and work and et cetera. Um, and, but the best thing about this group is that, you know, you can turn around to someone and just like, I need some space today or I'm, you just float the idea out. I'm going to go get a coffee or whatever it may be. And, um, a different person each day will kind of come on an adventure with you. So, um, I think we've been able to have our space, but yeah, having our own rooms and just being able to kind of switch off, um, in your own space has been, been really nice. But I think it's also brought us together a lot. Um, we spend a lot more time. Um, together just getting to know each other um, which has been really lovely. 
Yeah, I think it's definitely showing on court. Incredibly cohesive unit, even though you did mention that Ingrid Collier went down. It's kind of like you've just kept that momentum flowing across the court. Yeah, definitely. I think um, there's definitely that little bit inside of all of us just going, well, we're, we're going to do this for Ing. Um, she's not here, so um, we, we've got to bring a little bit of Ingrid to, to Ing's game. <laughs> um, but I think, um, yeah, we just we get along really well off the court, so... We worked really hard on making sure that, you know, if there's a conversation to be had, um, just going and having it and um, addressing things head on because, um, you know, when you step out on the court, you want to be the most connected that you can be. So um, I'd say that's a lot to do with the, yeah, the conversations and the attitudes that each player has off the court at the moment, which is fantastic. And you personally, clearly you've got a big challenge this week up against the Melbourne Vixens and they have some incredibly talented shooters that just rotate through those positions with great ease. How do you prepare... But for someone like um, Maui Kamwenda and then Kate, Katie Swaites, it's a very different role that they play. Yeah, they definitely have um, one hell of a shooting for <laughs> sure. Oh, don't have to be reminded about that many times. Um, Sorry. Yeah, no, no, it's great. Um, you know, you want to play against the best um, and the Vixen shooting end this year has been the best. They're very versatile. You, like you said, you don't know what you're going to come up against. Um, but I think the best thing about what we do as a defensive unit is obviously we're going to look at the Vixens and know what they do, but it's it's all about what we're, we want to do in the brand that we want to play. So it's just going to be that, that hard one-on-one defense, um, running with your player, locking it down, big hands up, and really focusing on our role because I – we honestly believe it as a defence end. If we can do that for 60 minutes, teams attacking teams can't run with it. It's 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 hard work to have to attack against um, just that presence in defence. So, um, you know, it is going to be a tough battle. Um, Tom Wenders has been phenomenal this season and then you've got the lady playing in goal attack um, and playing 60 minutes there and I just, I'm in absolute awe of what she's doing out there at the moment. So it's definitely going to be a battle. But um, like I said, if you want to... Um, be the best who's going to beat the best and they're the, the standard at the moment. Yeah, that's there's no denying that, that Katie Sweets has been a revelation out in goal attack. But then moving across to that wing attack position, Lizzie Watson's also a really key cog. How do you kind of shut her down? Are you thinking more of that defensive mindset, like you were saying, a full 60-minute um, effort to kind of shut her out completely? Yeah, definitely. I think um, Jess is going to have a solid, <laughs> solid 60 minute game on her hands there. Um, yeah, look, I guess yeah, just trying to wear Lizzie down and make her make her take more passes and do more work up the court more than anything. Obviously, in the Vixens, um, a free flowing, they're just unstoppable. So um, putting the pressure up earlier on the court and um, yeah, forcing Liz up as far as possible. But um, you know, I guess also just trying to make them play. Um, off the circle, they're phenomenal when they hit the top of the circle, the circle's edge. So, um, yeah, I know Jess and Bez will be working just to push her up the court as much as possible. And do you have any pre-game superstitions or you kind of just go into the game and just zone in and you're ready, you're ready to play? I just don't you know. I feel like if I had superstitions, I'd get way too caught up in them. <laughs> um, I just like to be very chilled and relaxed before I before I hit the court, um, and I like to be very early, um, which is a lot harder when we're away because we all go to the court at the same time. But yeah. Um, yeah, no, no superstitions. Just headphones on and just doing my own thing, not trying to think too much before I go out there. 
Beautiful. And what would it mean to win a premiership, clearly, away from home, an unconventional season, to say the least? You've had, you know, uh, living in a hub, new super shot rules, rolling subs. It's been a crazy year, but what would it mean to you and, and the club to win such an exciting premiership? It would be huge. I feel like you've, you've nailed it on the head there. Everything um, has been thrown at, at us this year um, and we've had to be so adaptable and flexible. And I just think it would be one hell of a story to win a premiership under under all the – yeah, everything that happened this year. And I think just from the club's perspective, you know, um, we spent so long building um, a culture and a really great um, playing group on and off the court and – I think it would just really um, instill to the rest of the league and the rest of Australia that, um, you know, we're doing some amazing work over over in the West and we've got some amazing Western Australian talent um, in in the in the Suncorp Super Netball and I just think it would do um, wonders and finally um, WA would get a taste of success. Um, we honestly, I am not biased at all, but I do believe we have the best crowd um, and the best venue to play at um, and... You know, to see the videos um, and all the fans getting around and coming to RAC Arena and having five and a half thousand people there and we weren't even playing just to watch it on a screen. Um, I think that for moments like that and reasons like how great our fan base is, um, just, yeah, finally they deserve to taste some success um, because they've been loyal to, to me for nine seasons and we haven't tasted success. So I just think that's special. Beautiful. Yeah, I can't believe it's been nine seasons. I feel like it hasn't been that long at all. But you know what they say, time flies when you're having fun and it definitely looks like you're having fun out on court. So that's the main thing. Exactly, exactly. Having a lot of fun. A massive thank you to Courtney Bruce for uh, having a chat to Taylor ahead of Sunday's match. Uh, Just finally, before we do head off, uh, we're going to give our tips and a tip for the MVP of the grand final. Um, Taylor, I might start with you. I'll throw you under the bus. Oh yeah, I'm going to go Victorian bias here. You've got to go the Melbourne Vixens. For me personally, they've been top of the ladder for a reason. They've been exceptional this year. So fingers crossed they can do us Victorians proud and I'll go with them. And MVP, I think it might be, I, I would love to say Katie Sweets because that would just be a perfect send-off. Yeah, I agree with that. Um, yeah, I, I, I mean, as a Vixens fan, I can't go against them. I want, I really want them to win. Um, I, I was going to say originally, I think for MVP, someone like Lizzie Watson or defensively, the Vixens will have to be really strong. So if they win, it will be off a defensive effort. So someone like Mannix, but um, you make a very, very good point about Katie Thwaites. Um, you, you'd kind of think that perhaps it would be a it would be a retiring MVP to finish off the season on a high. But any of those three I think could be right up there. Jared, who are you going with? <laughs> I'm gonna stick along the same lines. I think um I think the Vixens will win. It's been I've been tossing up over the last couple of days. I, I think the Fever have the ability to put that score on the board and really put the pressure on, but I think the Vixens will be just too good all across the court and um, I, I'm going to go in defence because I love a defender winning an award and I'm going to go Emily Mannix winning MVP because I think it'll cap off an outstanding season for her and I think if, if she does a job on Janelle Fowler, um, that'll go a long way to the Vixens winning and I think she'll win the MVP. Uh, that is that is all we have time for this week on the Centre Pass podcast. Uh, do go follow us at Centre Pass Pod on Twitter and do go to netball.draftcentral.com.au for all your World Netball news and reviews and we'll speak to you next week.